It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Well, hello, Alexis. Hello, Melissa. What's shaking today? Oh, nothing. You know, just dealing with this 2022. It's been pretty good so far. Yes. Only a couple days. It's going to be great, and it's going to continue to just be a vibe. Yes. Oh, speaking of vibe, if we get done early, let's go to the site. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do today. <laughs> I have a schedule and a plan and, uh, you know, getting it done. But we do need to do another visit to the psychic. A yeah. new year brings a reason to have a new visit. I, I think a new visit. Our last one was in 2020. So yes. it's it's time. I'm what do you excited. think about psychics, people? I mean, <laughs> I totally believe in them. For anyone else who doesn't, I think you're crazy. And I honestly think I have not like psychic abilities, but I have this really, like my intuition is so on point. Like I always know someone's going to quit or someone's going to tell me something like 10 days before. And remember I tell all you guys and everyone's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And the other day you texted me something like, I'm itchy. So that means we're going to make money. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then we got paid by a client or something. I don't know. It was Well, if anyone hasn't heard that old I don't know what tale it is, but it's if your hands itch, it means you're going to get money. Okay, well, test And my that. hands don't itch often, but they did that day, and then we got some checks, which, yep. telling you, don't just go start itching your hands. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have, like, people will come and be like, my hands are raw. <laughs> okay, anyways, it is a brand new year, and that means, as we said in our Peloton episode, it's a time for much of the world to focus on new goals, both mentally and physically. And it's time to forget where you've been and focus on where you're going, right? I mean, I just love the idea of a fresh beginning. I mean, I'm freshy clean this year, ready. My brain is like, I needed this like reset. I'm good to go. I'm pumped. I feel like we have some awesome clients. Yeah. I'm I'm pumped for this year. Fresh start. So I want to start with kind of a crazy stat. Approximately 45 million Americans spend $33 million per year, cumulative, on something that has a 95% failure rate. Wow. Do you know what that is? No. Just think about it for a minute. They spend $33 million per year in the U.S. on this thing, and 95% of people who do this thing fail at it. Uh, I don't know. Dieting. Oh, (laughs) dieting. (laughs) New year. New year. New you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So dieting is a huge industry with very little success. It's a well-known fact. For a big portion of the population, that fresh beginning that comes with a brand new year includes often a goal to get healthier, possibly like lose weight or pick up a fitness or a healthy eating routine, right? Right. In fact, a recent international study carried out across 30 countries found that 45% of people globally say they are currently trying to lose weight. And in some countries specifically, that number goes up even higher. For example, in Chile, two-thirds of the people, so 60%, 
are trying to lose weight actively, and more than 50% are dieting in Spain, Peru, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, and right here in the good old U.S. of A. We need more dieting in the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, there is definitely. We are an unhealthy country. We are, but we're not the only one. Mm -hmm. And as we know, there are no shortage of options when it comes to dieting. I mean, from meal plans like SlimFast and Nutrisystem to high-fat, gluten-free, no-carb options like keto and paleo to apps like Noom and MyFitnessPal, the diet and weight loss category has grown to be a 71 billion dollar industry. Oh my God, I wouldn't doubt it. It's crazy. And there is one global weight loss company that is kind of the OG. I mean, they're one that has experienced all kinds of ups and downs in its super long history, from the amazingness of the Oprah effect to hashtags gone horribly wrong. Do you know what company that might be? Weight Watchers. Yes, Weight Watchers. Now known as WW after a 2018 rebrand, which we will talk about. Okay. Did you know that they were rebranded? No, I didn't. Mm, That's a problem. Yep. Weight Watchers was founded in the U.S. in 1963. Wow. Yeah, by a Queens, New York homemaker, Jean Nidich. So Jean actually has a pretty badass story. I mean, she's kind of like an OG, like, badass women entrepreneur. Oh, know, I'm excited to hear. Yeah. She turned herself from a self-proclaimed overweight housewife into a global entrepreneur and diet company mogul. Wow. So let's go back to 1961 when the story really begins. Okay. Jean was a 214-pound woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she had a 44-inch waist and a cookie obsession. Not healthy, right? Not healthy. And she recognized it, but she was in a cycle, which is common. Yeah. It's hard to get out of the cycle. She was actually in the grocery store, and she ran into a neighbor. And the neighbor looked at her and said, Jean, you look great. When are you due? Oh, my God. She was almost 40 years old at that point. She was certainly not pregnant with another child. So she was devastated, to say the least. Like, she knew she had... She wasn't comfortable in her skin. She wasn't happy with herself. But when someone else calls it out, accidental or not, like, doesn't feel great. Doesn't feel good. So she, you know, knew it was time. Like, now was the time to get her weight under control. And for years, no one really saw Jean eat junk or dessert in public. But at night, like, in the glow of the refrigerator, she would just go nuts. Like, she had a really bad habit. And it was, like, shameful eating, you know? So she would hide it in public and eat by herself. So Jean tried everything to curb her compulsive eating. She tried pills, hypnosis. See, hypnosis does not always work, Alexis. Oh, man. She tried every fad diet, but the cycles of weight loss and gain were always predictable. So after the supermarket incident, Jean went to a city obesity clinic, and it was called the Prudent Diet. And it was a 10-week program that was supposed to teach you to like limit portion control. It was really focused on sizes, but of course, like healthy foods Yeah, as well. So for 10 weeks, she actually did find some success. She ended up losing about 20 pounds, but it wasn't sustainable. It was still impossible for her to give up her favorite cookie. And it was this cookie called a Malamar. It was a chocolate coated marshmallow cookie. Oh my God. Sounds amazing. It doesn't sound good to me. I'm not big on marshmallow in like insides of things, but I mean, I get it. Of course. Yeah. She actually would hide those cookies in her clothing hamper at night and eat them in the bathroom. 
Oh my God. I know. It's sad. So she felt trapped and she decided that she needed a support system of sorts, people she could confide in and share her honest thoughts and actions. So she invited six friends over to her house and they were all overweight women like herself. And suddenly this get together turned into a cathartic confessional of sorts. All of the women shared their demons, their deepest secrets, their frustrations and their goals. And suddenly, even though they were hard goals, they felt like they had hope. Yeah. Like together in that togetherness. So this actually was the informal start of Weight Watchers. All of the women went on a diet and they all promised to help each other every step of the way. And Lex, you know what? It worked. Like soon they were introducing more friends who wanted to lose weight to the meeting. And within two short months, 40 women were attending the regular gathering. Wow. So by October of 1962, Jean had reached her goal weight of 142 pounds. Shedding. Yeah. She shed a whopping 72 pounds in just about a year. And she kept the weight off. That's awesome. Right? And she vowed to turn this little supportive sisterhood into something bigger, something that could help others lose weight and keep it off for real. So she teamed up with one of the couples that she had helped. Their names were Felice and Albert Lippert, and then her husband as well. And the foursome officially created the corporation Weight Watchers in May 1963. And Lex, we always say it, the best companies are the ones founded by like an entrepreneur with a need, a real problem Yeah, that like they want to solve for themselves first, but then they know it can go bigger, you know? Yeah. So the concept was pretty simple. It featured weekly meetings and the dieters paid a $3 fee. They weighed in at the meetings and they all provided each other that mutual support and that camaraderie. Like you need that accountability to really like stay on with any goal almost. Like having an accountability partner just increases your chances of success. Yeah. So the original regimen was a nutritionally balanced meal planning that was recommended by that like city obesity clinic she went to. Like she really gathered some of that information and kind of tweaked it okay. to make it work for her. But the part that really worked, that really made a difference for these women and, and men was the group support and like that psychological component. So members actually used journals to track everything they ate And the group encouraged diets with realistic goals and offered ways to maintain progress for a lifetime. I mean, there were so many elements as Weight Watchers grew. They had magazines, they had books, they had TV programs. There are no excuses. Join us on the Weight Watchers magazine show right now. Hi, welcome to the Weight Watchers magazine show. If you're interested in good food, good health, and good looks, our show is definitely for you. Over 53 million Americans are trying to lose weight right now. Even though I lost weight on other diets, I always felt deprived, and I'd end up often gaining some of it back. But when I went to Weight Watchers, all that changed. So stay tuned, I'll tell you how. Oh my God. I mean, camps, like meetings with motivational speakers, it just became huge and really quickly. yeah. Yeah, and they smartly franchised the brand. And by 1968, so this launched in 63. So what, five years later? Yeah. Five million people had enrolled in Weight Watchers. Oh my gosh. That's crazy growth. That growth is insane. I mean, hundreds of franchises were formed. And not just in the U.S. It was around the world pretty quickly. So today, 
Weight Watchers has a number of programs that members can choose from, depending like on their own goals. And now it's called My WW. And all of the three plans are structured around like what's known as zero point foods, meaning those are the foods you can eat like whenever you want. Like they yeah. don't count. So you can have unlimited carrots or whatever, celery, and you don't have to track it. But then you build the program that's right for your body. So today, the company sees annual revenues of around $1.3 billion, but it has been on a decline for the past few years. And we'll talk about that. Why? You will, well, I mean, there's so much competition. That's part of it. It is publicly traded, and that's kind of a weird story too, just want to touch on it. I mean, Weight Watchers originally went public in 1968 with that 5 million subscribers or whatever, but then later was sold to the Heinz Corporation, like people yeah. who made the ketchup. So like then it was privately owned again, and then Heinz later sold the business to a European investment firm in 99, and then once again it was put up for an IPO for the second time in 01. So it's public now. Oh, interesting. But isn't that weird? Yeah. I hadn't really come I across. I go public, not public. I, I, yeah, I, was a, I didn't either, and I tried to look more into it, and I didn't really find a ton. So interesting. interesting. So now that we know the backstory, like I really want to dive into some of the smart and also some of the just downright terrible choices that Weight Watchers, or WW as it's now called, has made throughout the years to attract and retain millions of people to its diet community. Okay. okay. So let's start with the good. The first thing is the concept of Weight Watchers and its marketing message and why it's insanely smart and why it works so well. So I think it's fair to say, Lex, I think you would agree that we all know as humans, we all know like how to be healthy and lose weight. Like in our head, brain, yeah, we know what it takes. Like what does it take? I mean, working out uh-huh. and like eating right. Yep. And not overeating your calories. I mean, if you overeat, you're never going to lose weight. Exactly. So it's eating the right foods and working out, like moving your body every day. We know how to do it, but just because we know how to do it doesn't mean we have the willpower or the desire to actually put it in action. I agree. And I mean, but some of these foods too, I don't think a lot of us know like the insane amount of calories. Like, you know, I love my Starbucks pumpkin cream cold brew, but like- if you get it with all the fixins and everything, I mean, that's like an 800-calorie oh thing if yeah. you get the big one. Yeah, and a lot so of people, people don't, don't know that. They just are like, oh, it's a drink. doesn't count. Well, Ooh. and I think it's smart that a lot of these brands now put cal- – even though it sucks to see calories, but I think it's really smart that they put calories on everything. Yeah, totally. Well, understanding the difference between you know, knowing what to do and having the willpower to do it, that's where Weight Watchers is genius. Okay. If the average person who is looking to lose weight is presented with two diet options, let's say the first diet option consists of things like chocolate and cake, chocolate cake, let's call it, and pasta with cheese and maybe some fruits and vegetables, like that's diet option number one. And then diet option number two consists of fruits and vegetables and more vegetables, maybe some fish and maybe some lean chicken. Maybe the occasional cheap food, but like very occasionally. What is the average person going to pick? Well, they're going to pick the second one because they think it's healthier and then they're going to fail. No, they're going to pick number one because if it's labeled, these are both diets you can choose, they're going to pick like the one that is easy, right? Yeah. Like I can solve all my things. If that's what they're eating, yeah. And But like the reality is they would get to their goal faster if they picked the hard one, but no one picks the hard one because <laughs> it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's hard to stick to anything when you have to give up everything. Yeah. Like there needs to be some balance, right? And that's where Weight Watchers comes in. 
I mean, a quick glance at their website and you'll see that they are selling a customized plan for you. And it's all around the idea of zero deprivation, which is brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, you can cook your favorite meals. You can go to brunch. You can go to happy hour. You can go to a party. Like nothing is off limits. You can live your life, but you track everything. There's moderation. There's balance. You have some coaching and you can lose weight while still enjoying some of your favorite things. Yeah. Introducing the new 1981 Weight Watchers food plan. Boy, is this going to be good. There's wine. What is this? Home-baked bread. They're kidding. Peanut butter. And Weight Watchers class, they say you can eat peanut butter and still lose weight? Bologna. Yes, even bologna. And popcorn. Popcorn, I don't believe it. Believe it. The new Weight Watchers food plan is just one part of a total program that's helped more people lose more pounds than any other. Now I believe it. Join Weight Watchers today. Consult the phone book for the class nearest you. So they're not selling you what you need, but they're selling you what you want. You need to lose weight. If you need to lose weight, just go eat vegetables and chicken. Yeah. If you want to lose weight and you want to keep it off in a way that's sustainable, then you choose an option that is gives you some of the things that you love and it's a little easier to follow. Yeah. Right? So people who are signing up for Weight Watchers are not vegetable lovers. They're not already healthy people. <laughs> you know, they're people who love food and they don't want to be deprived, but they want to change their life. Yeah. So Weight Watchers knows what its customers need to be successful. But again, instead of marketing and focusing on what they need, they focus on what their customers want. Weight Watchers knows that motivation to stay on track, to be healthy, can only come from not restricting all those things people love. And they don't market the fastest results. No. Like, you'll never see that. But they do market realistic life changes and lifelong results. Well, I was going to say, it's just, it needs to become a lifestyle. That's how you change. I mean, honestly, I crack up when my cousin was doing that fit show uh-huh. thing. I mean, she would bring her own food to places. Like, I mean, and we grew up, our family loves to cook. We love to go out to dinner. And I mean, that stuff's just not sustainable. So I think what's brilliant is they, they're really creating this lifestyle change for you, right? Totally. Yep. And it's smart marketing. I mean, I found a really good article on a site called Psychotactics, and it was written by this really smart New Zealand-based marketer who started out his career working for Leo Burnett. So he has some good experience behind him. And he said something really smart about Weight Watchers marketing. He said, the secret is always in the want. And that's a lesson that we can take forward in any marketing that we do. Like, don't focus on the need. Focus Focus on on the want. want And sell the want, which I thought was brilliant. It's so simple, but it's so brilliant. And Weight Watchers crushes the want. Okay. Okay. The next thing that works for the brand is the spokespeople. Oh, yeah. Since 1983, once again, a great year if I do say so myself, Weight Watchers has attracted a slew of celebrity spokespeople to the brand, always tied to a weight loss like for that celeb or a weight loss goal. I mean, I just can remember so many like Oprah, Christy Alley, is that her name? So actually, Christy Alley was Jenny Craig, but it's funny that you remember her because, of course, like, sometimes it's easy to confuse the two brands when they all have celebrity spokespeople. Yeah. You know? But yes, I mean, the spokespeople bring a crazy level of credibility to the brand. Weight Watchers' first celebrity spokesperson was an actress by the name of Lynn Redgrave, and that was in 83. And since then, there's just been 
So many. And so many that we, like big ones that we know. I mean, Sierra lost 39 pounds on Weight Watchers, and she focused on losing her baby weight, which it was a great story. It's relatively recent. James Corden, who is one of my favorite comedians and hosts, he's actually the most recent spokesperson for the brand, and he's on a mission to focus on health and wellness in this coming year. You can probably already tell by looking at me that I'm I'm a bad boy, you know? I refuse to play by the rules. Mm. I'm a maverick. Mm. How can I get back onto WW when I break the rules? So since I've joined WW, it's been revolutionary for me. In two months, I feel like I'm completely in charge of it in a way that I didn't. And a lot of that is because- And the biggest spokesperson by far has been Oprah. Oprah. I want to know like how they even got Oprah. Like was she just passionate about it? Oh no, I'm about to tell you. Okay, because I'm like, no one can afford Oprah. Okay, well, when Oprah buys 10% of your company for $43 million, you can afford Oprah. So Oprah in 2015, she purchased a stake in the company, 10% of the company. And she signed on to help grow the brand. So obviously she's invested. She loved the brand enough to buy it, buy part of it, a really big chunk of it. But she agreed to also be a spokesperson. And in 2015, the timing could not have been better. At that time, there was a ton of free or really cheap like weight loss and activity monitor apps in the app store. I mean, the competition was getting insanely fierce. I mean, I've downloaded like so many. All of My them. My Fit Pals. Yes. I just can't like... You're not consistent. I'm not consistent with tracking everything. It's so hard for me. Yeah. Well, Weight Watchers has always been like a little old school. I mean, it's an older brand. So when it came to like apps and technology, it just was not leading the way, right? Yeah. So in 2015, it had like a one-star rating for its app in the app store. It had not focused on the technology part of its business. Which is a miss. Which is a miss. And so signups were declining because of that. In 2015, the company's subscriber signups were down more than 20%. But then Oprah made an immediate impact. I mean, we call it the Oprah effect because it's It's a real thing. I mean, with Oprah on board and now being a part of the commercials and doing interviews, recruitment turned around immediately. They actually sent a camera crew to Oprah's house and they shot some really like organic feeling content in her backyard. And that content strategy ended up being some of the brand's most successful pieces of content. I'll play one little clip for you real quick. Inside every overweight woman is a woman she knows she can be. Many times you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize your own self because you've got lost, buried, in the weight that you carry. Oprah's new campaign is- She just has like a way of moving people. Insane. Right? Just when she talks, it's like, you get like, oh my God. Like you get emotional. (laughs) You listen. I mean, she just, she commands whatever stage video room she's in. And by the end of 2018, so just a few short years later, Weight Watcher stock had reached- a hundred dollars a share, and that was thirteen times higher than Oprah's buy-in price in 2015. So, wow, her effect on the brand was really significant, significant, and really rapid. Other celebrity, you know, endorsements include Jennifer Hudson, DJ Khaled, Jessica Simpson, Kate Hudson, Tina Fey, and so many others. And 
they really do a good job of finding a diverse range of celebrities who all appeal to different audiences. And I guarantee that's a big part of their ability to attract like different generations and different types of people to the platform. I agree. And they get to like connect with their favorite celebrity and like follow their journey, right? Totally. Amazing. Yeah. So I think their endorsements have just been really impressive consistently. Okay, the next positive thing, we'll start positive and then we'll go right into the negative, okay? Okay. So in 2017, the brand welcomed a new CEO, Mindy Grossman, and she's the current CEO as well. And she actually used Weight Watchers when she was younger at age 14 when she had a goal to try out for the cheerleading team, but she had to lose 10 pounds to do so. Oh my God. Isn't that sad? But just, I want to point out the year I calculated her age backwards would have been 1971. So like times were very different. That would never happen today. No. But she did it. She used Weight Watchers. And she lost the weight and she made the cheer squad. So she attained her goal. Awesome. And she said that Weight Watchers didn't only help her lose weight, but it also gave her confidence. And that's something that's so important for women of any age, but especially that like early teenage phase. Yeah. I mean, you can use all of the confidence you can get in that awkward middle school, high school stage. So I'm glad I don't have girls. Oh, I know. I'm not excited about that stage. When she joined the company, she was on a mission to move the brand toward a more holistic approach in an effort to appeal to younger demographics who just weren't focused on losing weight, but they were more focused on lifestyle brands, brands that would help them in all aspects of their life, like overall health and wellness. It's not about weight loss. It's about wellness, right? Yeah. That's a trend. We know wellness is a trend. So Mindy said in a Fast Company article that if she looked at her mother's generation, people would focus on fixing things that were broken. But today's generation is more focused on prevention. They want to live healthy lifestyles and they want to educate themselves, right? So long story short, it was tricky to be a company that was so focused on weight loss when the world was approaching health and wellness differently. I mean, weight is in their name, Weight Watchers, right? So the brand dived into consumer research, and they asked its users what they wanted and what they didn't want. And it heard them pretty loud and clear. They thought they heard that the term diet just was not working anymore. And it was because it was just full of negative connotations. And the word diet kind of feels more reactive than proactive. Like you diet when you're overweight. You don't diet to prevent future weight loss necessarily, right? Like you make life style changes to be healthy in the long term, not diet. Yeah. It sounds like very, like you said, reactionary in that they only use it to lose weight. Yes. They needed to be more progressive and think like, how do we become this person's life partner? Exactly. Yeah. Like just like motivation. Yeah. So members also told the brand that some of the language used in the brand's like iconic weekly meetings were just not sitting well anymore either. The word support, like it was a support group. Just support felt like something that weak people needed. And they wanted these groups to be more focused on strength and inspiration versus support. Like these women and men, I mean, it is mostly women, but there are men in the groups. They viewed themselves as warriors. Like they were on a mission. They were making moves, like getting healthy. Like they didn't need support. They wanted like uplifting, mentorship, guidance, friendship, accountability, like positive words, right? Yeah. So The brand took that feedback and it revamped its marketing and messaging, okay? Okay. So the brand 
with that new messaging and marketing spin, introduced experiential marketing. So they were jumping on this growing trend of wellness travel, offering a ton of new experiences, kind of like wellness festivals and cruises and other events. And it also partnered with Headspace to introduce a meditation like app into the platform. Yeah. So that's becoming brilliant. more like lifestyle focused. And then in an effort to like really change the brand from a diet company to a lifestyle and health and wellness company, it rebranded, like I already mentioned. And it introduced a brand new name and a brand new logo. No longer is the brand Weight Watchers. It's now WW. And the new tagline is Wellness That Works. And that rebrand is where we have to turn this around and go into some of the failures. Yeah. Okay? So while we're on the topic, let's just start right there with the rebrand because there's a lot of problems with the rebrand. WW? It's bad, Alexis. I mean, a quick Google search will show any marketer or non-marketer that everyone in the marketing field hates the rebrand. I mean, there are so many articles talking about how big of a mistake this was. And let me just break it down for you, okay? The first thing is what you said. Let's start with the name. WW, initials, okay? There's a lot of brand research that you can read about why using initials for an established brand name is not a good idea. Horrible. (laughs) It's not a good idea. And just the fact WW, like, is the intro to any website. Like, why would you... That's horrible. Yes, okay, so... It's supposedly, like, we think it's shorthand for the name, like Weight Watchers WW. And the brand has said that, like, the members have always called it that internally. But the company now awkwardly at the same time says that it doesn't actually stand for Weight Watchers, nor does it stand for the new tagline, Wellness That Works. Rather, it's just a mark. That's it. They say it's just a mark. However, they dropped the Weight Watchers name. So it's not actually just a mark. It's actually a name. A name. It is ultra confusing. I mean, oh my God. to me as a marketer and like to the entire world, it just does not make a lot of sense. And everyone was confused. Also, like you kind of said, WW like doesn't roll off the tongue well. Like it sounds like the intro to a website. Also, it kind of sounds like a subscription wrestling channel. Yeah. Don't you expect to like see the Bella Twins like when you go to the website? Yeah, I have no idea. It's so confusing. It's very clunky. Not to mention the fact that the marketing rollout of the new brand did not clearly communicate the changes of the brand to the audience in the right way, which was a huge fail. Yeah. So it failed to resonate by not conveying the brand's new purpose in a way that was like easily understood. I mean, you know this, but it's so important when rebranding a company, especially one that has spent decades upon decades, like 50 plus years building strong brand awareness, like they need to make a clear connection between where the brand has been and where it's now going. Like they have to tie it back to the original mission and like make this new position clear. And they did none of that. And it's crazy because, look, if you Google search, they, they're they paying for their – I mean, a lot of people, we do re- recommend this, like pay for your branded terms. Yeah. But, like, they have to pay for WW because when you first even Google – when you enter it in, Google goes to WWE. It goes – it's uh-huh. like goes to all these other brands. Yeah, it's a major – Hello, people. Google It's is, a major problem. Dominates the world. Yeah. You do not – 
go to Google first, you have a problem. Yep, <laughs> yep. So Weight Watchers did this brand rollout very quickly. And like I said, it failed to connect those really important elements of the brand. And that's a bummer because even though the rebrand didn't go well, the intent was good. Like it was focusing on all the right things that matter to new generations. It just did not even tell them that that's what it was doing. It just unveiled a new name and logo. The reality is Weight Watchers just did not think enough about how much brand equity it had built in 50 plus years. Like, I don't know if it, I'm sure they must have thought about it, but did they not think it was that big of a deal? What happened to clout? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, people need to know like what their brand equity score is, right? They do. They totally do. I mean, when they came out to make a big splash with this new brand just in time for the January 2019 like peak diet season, which is make it or break it for diet brands, right? Yeah. Like you got to hit it hard and early in the year for the New Year's resolutions or like your year could be effed. They rolled out a campaign with almost zero mentions of weight loss, nor were there any mentions of Weight Watchers. They just focused on vague messaging related to the brand now being WW. And how do you think that went over, Alexis? I I feel like it didn't go over well. It did not. Horrible. It did not. Yeah. So as one opinion article on The Drum by Ginger Connellan put it in 2019, Weight Watchers has always been about healthy eating and community. They have never solely been about weight loss. I mean, look at the name. It's Weight Watchers, not Weight Losers. Like it's watching your weight and focusing on health and wellness, not like just losing weight. And she says that that message has always come through in the brand's marketing and advertising. Like, did it need to rebrand to like showcase that it was more of a health and wellness lifestyle brand now? No, they should have just added components or like, that's crazy. I agree. And unfortunately, the message didn't only fall flat to people like us. It also crushed the brand's first quarter 2019. By late February that year, Weight Watchers was forecasting a 10% drop in membership, and that was during the biggest diet season of the entire year. Oh my God. Right after the company released its fourth quarter earnings in early 2019, the company's shares dropped by 35%. Bad. Oh my God. So CEO Mindy Grossman blamed the results on a poorly executed marketing strategy saying that Weight Watchers did not communicate the changes well enough in marketing materials. Well, that's good. She took ownership. She did. And she realized now that they needed to be specifically weight loss focused in the January season. And they really needed like a more aggressive bridge between Weight Watchers to the new WW. Like they jumped way too fast. They need like a slow bridge. Yeah. You know? And to fix that, she promised on her earnings call that she was going to bring in the big guns once again. Okay, so who's she bringing in? She was going to bring in Oprah, just like she did in 2015. She promised that things would turn around with a new ad campaign that they planned to launch with Oprah in the spring of that year. But unfortunately, Alexis... Oprah didn't want to do it. No, I mean, Oprah was happy. She still does everything. But a little thing called the pandemic hit shortly after this... And even Oprah has not been able to turn around the brand's financial outlook like she did the first time around. I mean, that original uptick that she got in memberships from like when she first signed on and did that initial push in 2015, that was like demolished by this campaign rollout. Yeah. So in 2018, the brand did $1.5 billion in revenue. 
In 2019, it dropped to $1.4 billion in revenue, and in 2020, it dropped again to $1.35 billion in revenue. And the last report that I saw for 21, like, we're, you know, of predictions, I haven't seen the full recap of how the year ended yet for them, there was another drop to $1.26 billion in revenue. Like, it's just continuing the downward trend. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Eek. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Okay. Now let's talk about a few of its campaigns and stunts. All right. In 2014, Weight Watchers decided to do a Times Square stunt in which it opened a food confession booth. Ooh. And it was branded with its Weight Watchers Smart Ones brand. And that's like their food that you could like frozen foods, right, that you can buy. The booth was called the WW Confession Booth. And it was for people to fess up and share their diet slip-ups because Weight Watchers believes every meal should be a chance to wipe the slate clean and move on. And this was meant to be a one-stop shop for all of your therapy needs. Show you a little video real quick. Look straight to the camera. Tell me your food confession. I binge on junk food and blame my children. One time I ate a piece of pizza out of a dumpster. <laughs> I stopped buying junk food because it has a shelf life of five minutes in my apartment. Two Halloweens ago, I ate all of his Halloween candy when he went to bed. Luckily, I was able to replace it at half price. When I go to Chinese buffets, I fill my purse with egg rolls before I leave. Every plate is a clean plate. That's a restart. I like that. Thank you, smart ones. Thank you, smart ones. Thank you, smart ones. Oh, I feel so much better. You <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, I think it's so cool. Mm -hmm. I love how they would like write it on the iPad and it would go up on the screen, like in Times Square. Yeah. I so, mean, I think it was a great idea. You yeah. don't look like it's <laughs> bad face. Well, I mean, the concept was like likely really well-intentioned. And I love the idea of a confessional. I actually brought up a confessional idea for one of our other clients for something totally unrelated for a stunt, you know, there is something that feels empowering about sharing secrets that are weighing on you, right? Like, it yeah. just, it's a cute idea. But this campaign ended up feeling a bit like it's shaming women for eating. And if you really look at it closely, like, and you really watch all the videos, there aren't many, and I'll explain what happened and why I think Weight Watchers scrubbed it from the internet. <laughs> so, like, the stunt features real women, and I'm putting real women in like air quotes, okay? okay? Then they look happy and they're holding an empty plate at the end of their confession. And it makes you think like, is it the idea of not eating that's empowering? It's a little confusing. And the video footage of the stunt, which like I just said, you can't find on the internet. There is one article that I found on Huffington Post covering this. You can find nothing else. It has literally been wiped. Buried. Clean. The landing page is gone. No, like not even buried. Alexis, my sister's in town. She's a marketer. We like looked and looked and looked. Like it doesn't exist. Oh my God. Not even on Reddit. Yeah. So like it's really odd that this was scrubbed because the one article that still exists from Huffington Post is not, it's not good. Yeah. Like it, it really dives into how this concept felt like it was really fake like, it looked really staged. The women in the video, it felt like they were actors. 
And the message was not empowering. Wow. So like the confession booth is a good idea, I do think, but like it was not messaged or executed quite right. And unfortunately, it gets a little worse from here. So like I said, it's not live any longer, but the landing page for this campaign was eatyourbest.com. And one Huffington Post journalist that still exists up, I'll link out to the source on our website, but they dug in because they were like, this video feels a little like staged. staged. So they saw that this hashtag on the landing page was really heavily promoted and it was hashtag clean your slate. Because the idea was clean your wipe slate. your slate clean and wipe your plate clean. Okay. Like start a fresh day, okay? So she like clicked through the hashtag and she landed on a specific user who popped up in the Weight Watchers Twitter feed. And it was very clear that this user was extremely enthusiastic about the campaign and the brand because she was posting like a million tweets about it and they were all in like threes. It'd be like three quick tweets and then a break <gasps> and then three quick tweets and oh then a break. Oh my God. And, and, mm-hmm, and she was able to see quickly that it was a fake Twitter user and just a few more clicks led her to find out that this was all created by the digital agency running the brand's campaign. There was like a URL she clicked through. It showed clearly that it was all just an agency basically creating fake content behind the hashtag to make the hashtag appear to be trending. Oh my God, we watchers, bad move. Not a good look. And it was all fabricated. And that's a major bummer because the authenticity isn't there. And in my opinion, Weight Watchers has always pushed and successfully pushed authenticity. authenticity as a core message. Yeah. Like they're real. They It's real people. It's real stories. Even the celebrity stories are real. Like it was just a bummer of a campaign. And again, it's my own opinion that maybe it was purposely taken down on the internet because usually you can find a few articles around a stunt like that. Yeah. There was nothing. Oh my just God. Just one. So interesting. Okay. Now it's 2016, Alexis, and Weight Watchers launched a new campaign in Australia and New Zealand after it conducted some research that found that over half of Australian women felt self-conscious about having sex because of their body image issues. That's sad. Yeah. But I get it, you know? And also, I think it's smart that the brand had an idea to jump in on this problem. I mean, it is in perfect alignment with the Weight Watchers brand. Yeah. They can help women feel more confident, right? Yes. If that's a real problem, that's a great person to help you come in and solve it. It's also just a great bolstering stat, like for a solid creative campaign. The foundation was there. I get it. But Weight Watchers went about this in a way that didn't go over so well. Oh, no. So to promote these findings, the brand sent out a mood light to female journalists with a note that explained that it was designed to give women a boost. And it suggested that mood lighting could increase confidence in the bedroom. And I want you to read um, this little swag that came. And this is a tweet written by a pretty big journalist. Her name's Birdie Jabor, and she writes for The Guardian. So kind of a big outlet. Read that, Lex. What does the swag say? Oh, the swag, not her tweet. Well, you can read her tweet first and then read it. Okay. How many people thought this was an okay idea before it arrived on my desk as a piece of PR? Let's be honest. For a minute, sex is pretty damn fantastic. But if you've ever felt self-conscious in the sack, you're not alone. We've heard that more than half of women avoided sex because they were worried about how they look. This globe is a mood light. 
designed to give you a little boost in the bedroom, a PG sex toy, if you will. We hope it helps you start seeing yourself in a new light to love how you look and love how you feel. Search Weight Watchers Black. Hmm. It was called the Black Campaign. Okay. <gasps> And like I said, that journalist tweeted, and that tweet went viral pretty quickly. And the brand took a serious beating on social media. I mean, starting right with the journalists who they sent the promo piece to. So it also launched a commercial around the same time. And the commercial begins with one woman saying, we never had sex completely naked because I couldn't stand the thought of him seeing all of me. My insecurities were through the roof. After having kids, you know, everything looks different. (laughs) Your body looks different. I hated the way I looked. And I really couldn't get in the moment. You're really thinking about your stomach. If anything, I want sex more now than I ever have. 10 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter what size you are or what you weigh at all. It's about whether you love yourself or not. If you're feeling that you can leave the light on and that you can run across the room naked. And And the commercial ends like on a more positive note. A woman at the end says, it doesn't matter what size you are or what you weigh at all. It's about whether you love yourself or not, which that's a positive message, okay? But the connection the brand attempted to make between a person's weight and their ability to enjoy sex just did not go over well. It, the connection was not there. Ugh. It was a total misstep. Yeah. And in two short days after they launched that campaign, the brand pulled back on the campaign and they apologized for it openly. And the senior marketing manager who was behind it fired. said, uh, I don't know if she was fired. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see that, maybe. But she was interviewed quite a few times. And she said they had planned to roll the campaign out in phases. And now, in retrospect, looking at it without all of the context of the campaign, she realizes that it may have caused offense. You think? You think? I mean, if you're going to be edgy with, like, that, the idea is interesting. Like, roll out the entire campaign at once. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, at least there's context. Because just mailing a light bulb with those, like, seemingly kind words, there it made these journalists feel like they were, like, I don't know, being called out or ousted or, like, yes. shamed, that they should oh, be feeling yeah. shameful. And it was, like, a weird non-connection, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it makes you feel like you shouldn't turn on the lights when you're having sex. Yeah, exactly. It's like anyone who already was confident and gets that is probably like, wait, huh? Huh? What? I mean, the mood lining probably helps, but, you know. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I love a little mood lighting, um, but that's uh, not what we're here to talk about. Okay. Nope. <laughs> so now we're in 2020, and Weight Watchers is already officially WW, which I can't call it that, so I'm still calling it Weight Watchers. Okay. okay? And by now, they have launched a social media campaign perfectly timed with the new year in late December 2019 and early January 2020. Okay. And of course, we already know the new year is the perfect time to launch a big campaign. Especially a weight loss campaign. Especially a weight loss campaign. So the brand promoted a hashtag for its New Year campaign. And the hashtag was, this is my WW. Okay? At the same time the brand was promoting this hashtag, 
There was something going on globally, Alexis. Do you know what that was? The pandemic? Uh, No, that was March. Oh, okay. There was mounting fears about a growing crisis between Iran and the United States. And there were a ton of talk on national news, international news, and social media using hashtags that referenced world war on Uh. Twitter. So suddenly, Weight Watchers' new hashtag, hashtag ThisIsMyWW, was trending next to hashtag like hashtag WW3 and hashtag World War Three. Oh my God. Some people did actually share their plans for eating healthy in the new year using the hashtag, a few. Another group said it was just a bad hashtag altogether because the rebrand was just a few years old and people still had no idea what WW was. They only knew Weight Watchers. But the biggest group, Alexis, the biggest group who was using the hashtag They were just people who literally had no idea it was affiliated with Weight Watchers. They were like using it, assuming it was a reference to World War III. So the Weight Watchers hashtag was taken over with references to World War III. Oh my God. I mean, people went crazy on Twitter about this. They were calling out how Weight Watchers literally came out with the world's worst timed promoted trending topic. One tweet by a person named... I am salt YT read somewhere there are a handful of brand managers in a whole advertising agency freaking the fuck out at the timing of their new Weight Watchers campaign slash rebrand. Right? Oh my God. I mean, they're just going downhill. People need a new CMO. People assumed that the hashtag stood for this is my world war. Yeah. Not a good look for the brand. And the criticism was like further fueled when the brand's CEO, Mindy Grossman, asked her followers on Twitter, how do you make hashtag MyWW program yours? Whether that's meal prep, a workout routine, or your support network, sharing your key to success with hashtag ThisIsMyWW is a powerful way to inspire others to adopt hashtag wellness that works. They were like, are you not watching the news, Mindy? Are you not watching what's trending on Twitter, Mindy? Oh my gosh, Mindy. Mindy. So obviously, they had the campaign planned like long before they probably could have predicted that World War III was a trending Twitter topic. But just because they planned it before doesn't mean they had to keep running it once they saw what was happening. Right? Like, you have to abandon your plans. If it doesn't work. Yes, you have it's to have like, a backup. You can't just be like, oh, and it's a it'll hashtag. probably go away. They could have just switched it up. It'll probably go away. We'll just let it ride. Let's ride it out. I mean, they should have immediately in that context just pulled the campaign, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Overall, it's obvious that Weight Watchers is a long-standing brand with lots of credibility and influential success stories, but some of its recent decisions with the rebrand and like some of its campaign are a really good reminder of how branding like, and marketing can actually impact a brand's financial success. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, even a brand that is over 50 years old. And with a marketing budget of somewhere around like 100 million bucks per year, they have an opportunity. I mean, if they make some smart decisions, they can capture more of this $70 billion industry. I mean, they are doing a lot of things right. They have the trust. They have the brand heritage, and they are finally, like, making better moves with technology. So, like, if they can just harness that and kind of turn the ship around, they can get back to a formula for success, and and they can still win. 
they can still win. And here's the deal. Like these brands try to change. Why don't they go back to who they are at the core? Like the authenticity messaging, like what are their true core values and their mission? I mean, yeah. We've seen so many brands that we, even that we've worked on that their core was like so amazing. And it was built on a foundation of the owners and it was solving a real world problem. And then the world gets in the way and they think they need to change it and they change up their messaging and they fail miserably. I completely agree. That's what happened. Like they did not, if you really look at some of the explanations from some of the, you know, media that's covered it and the marketing opinions, like they didn't need to rebrand. They already had in the core of its message, they had what they were trying to do. It was right there in the core. They just had to like amplify that piece of the business and the rebrand was not necessary. Not necessary. So well, that's a bummer. Uh, it's clearly not sticking. <laughs> it's not, but I it's think- It's slippery sliding it's down. It's slippery and it's sliding. And like, if it's a post-it note, it's fallen to the ground. But like, they could put some new adhesive on that shit and it could stick again. Uh, let's watch it. Let's watch it. <laughs> awesome. Well, let me just hit a few of my sources real quick. There were a ton. So please remember to go to willitstickpodcast.com to click all the links so you can see all the sources. But a few of them, Fast Company had a great article titled How Weight Watchers Transformed Itself into a Lifestyle Brand. And that was by Rena Raphael from December 2017. Ad Age's article titled Oprah Kate Hudson Headline WW's First Global Campaign Since the End of Weight Watchers. And that was January 2019. Huffington Post's article titled Weight Watchers New Campaign Reaches New Heights of Cynicism. And that was by Katie Lowe. That was the 2014 article about that stunt that was the only article about it, which is crazy. Cosmopolitan's article titled Weight Watchers is Blasted for Sex Life Marketing Stunt that Targets Women's Self-Esteem by Katie Frost from 2016. And finally, I also listened to a podcast called The Readback, and it's produced by Barron's. I listened to their episode from November 11th, 2020, titled The Company Formerly Known as Weight Watchers. All right. Thank you for listening. And please send us some requests for what we would love us to cover and leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And have a great day. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.